Welcome to the Edible Valley Podcast, episode 204. On this episode, we're talking about certification and training. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you, from growers to producers to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Edible Valley Podcast. I'm chef and host Jonathan Fraser. And I have a special guest with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Uh, <laughs> my name's Miguel, Miguel Varela. I work with uh, Chef Jonathan at Locals. And he's a little um, nervous right now. Yes, I, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, <laughs> That's I've okay. I've never done a podcast before, so. Excellent. Well, I thought I was talking with you at work, and I thought it'd be fun to bring you in because this is what you're doing right now. You're, you're, you're doing your apprenticeship right now and you're, you're learning about the training programs and your goal is to be a chef. Yes, I am. You want to be the, the top dog. And so if you listen to our last episode, I spent a lot of time sort of talking about, you know, the things that, things that you maybe not think about when you want to get into this profession. And so this time I thought I'd be like, let's go through the schooling. And I thought, you know, let's bring Miguel in because he's, he's doing this for real. And I thought, hey, this uh, he'll be able to give you a little bit of insight on where he's at and, and what he's done with the program. Uh, so start off, I thought I'd just explain a little bit about, uh, about how you get into the cooking profession. Uh, it usually, st- in the old days, I mean, it all started out with, uh, you'd start off as a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Move into prep. You've done some dishwashing? No, I have not, actually. You've Fun never fact. been a dishwasher? I have never been oh. a di- dishwasher. Well, guess what you're doing next week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. love it. No, so it, it started off, you'd start off as a dishwasher, move into prep cook or, you know, kitchen help, which means you'd be the guy peeling the potatoes and, you know... You know, scrubbing, scrubbing dishes. Scrubbing dishes or like moving just up, move, move stuff around. Move stuff around. Whatever the the guys who actually cook, like, like, hey, can you help me bring this to there? Or, hey, can you grab me this? Exactly. So you it just was have to do everything for them. Yeah, it was great because that's the part where you learn what products are, mm-hmm. where they're stored, how the kitchen operates. So it sort of built those. Next thing you move into cooking. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, if we talk about... Uh, dishwashing and being a helper first like i think it's a very um misguided kind of uh concept where people think oh you're you're being the uh the slave of 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 the (laughs) kitchen and and i think people need to understand why it's such an important role and and why it helps us um it helps the actual cooks like move along with what would they need to do for the rest of the day because um yeah uh, they they don't get a lot of credit but i think i always say that the the dishwasher is the most important person in a restaurant 
Exactly. Because uh, okay. without them, everything else goes downhill really quick. Exactly. Yeah, and they're usually the first person to call in sick. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> and it's always a scramble to find someone, <laughs> and especially someone who's good. And it's a, it's a, it's a tough job, but it's. I love doing dishes once in a while myself, just exactly. sitting in there, just because it's it's just kind of it's just peaceful. It's just you scrub, you put in the machine, you dry off and put away. You know, if you know how to cook, you should know how to clean dishes too. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I've always said some of the best cooks or chefs I've worked with have worked up that way because they get they they know and they respect what the dishwasher has to go through. And I know you haven't done it, but it sounds like you understand how important they are. So that's that's a key key to a restaurant yeah so then we move on to cooks that's where you start learning your your trade and that was where you probably sign up on an apprenticeship yeah. and after that you hit the chef position mm-hmm. and that means you're the guy in charge of the line you're the guy in charge of what's going on worrying about ordering and staffing and making sure that dishwasher shows up and knows what they're doing and then and then if you really want to punish yourself you can go to the next step and that is to become an owner Oh yes, restaurant owners. They're they look easy, especially on TV. But <laughs> it's definitely uh, uh, a really big responsibility to have. And, and you know, I've never been a restaurant owner myself. But uh, as far as I can see um, through different uh, experiences, like it's a it's a tough one. But I I give respect to uh, whoever whoever are restaurant owners. Ah, it's a tough gig, and, and being on both sides. Yes, it's you get you're the one who has to have the final answer on everything and you have to f- make sure everything works and make sure everyone gets paid as well as make sure that your guests come in and are happy and pleased. So it's it's a challenge, uh, but that's kind of the old school system of it. And now we've kind of brought in the, the, the apprenticeship program, which is and sort of, you know, there's a lot of uh, like po- private and public colleges, trade schools. And even in high schools, are starting to train people up to give yes. them that little footstep in there. So uh, you started with high school, did you not? Yes, um, there was a um, like a, a thing in high school called. I think we had a baking cl- uh, course, and we also had a cooking course. It was like a one semester type of thing, and um, I think that's where I really found out that I, I was, you know, somewhat decent of of a cook where we were making stuff and there was, it was a group of four, but then there's only like, there was an odd number of people. So there's only two of us, but then we managed to get things done faster and and better than the groups of four. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, uh, that's where it really started. Um, but I really didn't come think of it up until post high school, I guess. Right. Uh, where I worked in a fast food restaurant, but um, right. when I became like really good at it, at like customer service. Right. And after I left that area where I had an opportunity to work in an actual restaurant, see the thing, the thing with that one is they, they offered me the job as a prep cook right away. So I never got the chance to work as a dishwasher. Right. Um, but yeah, that's when it really started when um, it opened my eyes where yeah. it's a skill that you can work with your whole life, pretty much. It's a skill that you can keep 
it's a skill that you can use almost every day yeah because obviously everybody has to eat and you can so always learn too right like yes exactly and it's a never-ending process that you don't learn everything and you're like oh i know everything like there's always something new every day which is the most exciting part about cooking yeah it's always changing too that's what i love about it but i was gonna say even as you go into the fast food restaurants i think you should never knock that as a as experience because they have really good systems like uh, the reason they are successful many fast food joints is because they have really dialed in systems and it's kind of neat if you can pick up those systems and transfer it as you move on in your career it just makes life a little bit easier yes 100 percent. yeah so you made the big decision to sign up and get into cooking school Yes, I did. Yes. So you joined uh, the Professional Cook Certification Program, which has kind of changed over the years. It was it was referred a little different when I did it, but it was basically set into you had uh, level one, two, and three, okay. which, which now they call PC1, PC2, and PC3. Yes. And then at the end of PC3, once you finish that, you if you do everything right, you get your interprovincial red seal. And now, so your interprovincial red seal lets you ma- means that you're a certified cook, not chef. <laughs> you're a certified always, cook. Yes. <laughs> I always like to throw that out. Like some people come out of school and like, I'm a chef. And I'm like, no, you're a cook. And there's <laughs> nothing you're, wrong you're with a being a professional cook. cook. <laughs> <laughs> it means you just get to do this professionally. <laughs> exactly. And then y- you got to put some more time in and then you can start calling yourself a chef. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about the the program. Uh, when you got into it, how did you get involved with it? Well, um, it was first uh, as a decision based on myself. You know, um, I had a couple gap years after post high school, uh, high school, right? And I was thinking to myself, hey, like, what should I do? Uh, you know, how as every teenager goes, like yeah, yeah. everyone gets to kind of ask themselves what they should do for their career and uh, at the time i was uh cooking pretty much as a as a job and that's something i wanted to um pursue i guess so because if if not like i wouldn't be doing anything else um so i picked up uh I i decided hey i'm gonna move from vancouver to vancouver island and uh go to school because they have better schools here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I decided to do that because just based off my experience and what I I figured, um, I did I tried different tr- trades. Oh yeah, carpentry and all that, and it wasn't it for me. But um, knowing that uh, when I serve people food and it makes them happy. That's what kind of inspires me to do it professionally. Awesome. Yes. And also the fear of my mom getting mad at me. <laughs> you never, never avoid that fear, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's funny because that's kind of how my career happened too. I was, I was doing it, cooking, and it was one day I was like, well, if I'm doing this, I'm like, why don't I get some certification for it? You know, like even if this wasn't the career path I was going to go down, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm fairly good at this. I'm like, let's sign up and see what it happens. And it was interesting because that was the moment that as soon as I got into school, it was like all of a sudden this whole new world opened up to me because I was like, whoa, I'm, you know, I, I knew how to make schnitzel. I knew how to make spatzel. 
you know, I knew how to make good purple cabbage. So I had the German thing down, but I didn't know any of these French techniques. I didn't know, you know, I didn't understand why food reacted the way it did. You know, like that was my eye opening thing. It was like, oh, this is why you boil something. No, everything makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what got me into it. And so then, yeah, it was just like, I just kept progressing through the career. So let's talk a little bit about PC level one. Yes. Because this is some interesting stuff. And this this is me quizzing you to make sure you're up to speed on all your okay. all your cooking stuff. <laughs> so part of the I've got the breakdown of what it is. So part of the the works workplace skills. Actually, maybe we should talk a little bit about how the program runs exactly. Yeah. Because before we talk about the skills, so let's go in and just talk about how the whole program is set up. Because when you sign up onto an apprenticeship, you basically start off at this PC level, level one. Yes. Uh, and so you've got to accomplish, and I've got it written down here. So we, uh, you need to, you need industry hours. So you need 840 hours working in an environment. I mm-hmm. hope this is right. I'm going off the ITA's website. And this is interesting. If you're I actually, think it's 840 because they give you, I believe, 260 hours. That makes that runs it up to a thousand. You're right on that. Good. I just uh, you zoom in and you get the stuff right. Yeah. So work-based training, you need a uh, hundred, a thousand hours. Uh, plus, you have to do the qualification exam, and then a practical assessment. That's true. Which is is kind of cool. Uh, and so it's a, you have direct training at the school, which was 180 hours, which I think is equivalent to about six weeks of school. It's, I think when I went to my PC one, it was six months, six months. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you have, you got the fingers of it like that. (laughs) Yeah. Six months, six months. Yes. So you got to get in there, you get your training. Uh, so you get your workplace hours, and then you got to get into an uh, an established restaurant and train under a certified chef or a place that's been certified or is, is able to certify. So it's basically you've got to find a journeyman out there yeah. or another Red Sealed chef. So as in right now, are you under me or are you under Renald, actually? Well, I sign up for to be under you, but uh, I don't know if you put it for under Renald. Well, I think it's. I think you're under me, actually. Okay. So you're under the you're under the local banner. So you're okay. <laughs> I answer to you. Uh, and then, so after you accomplish that, then you have to work. Move on to level two, which is another thousand hours. Yes. Uh, and they have here. You need a hundred, another hundred and eighty hours of technical training, and then institutional entry of another four hundred and twenty hours. And after that, you get your professional cook level two yes that's uh only four months i believe or three and a half half somewhere there yeah but that one's also full-time i forgot to mention so the first uh, first level uh, pc1 is a full-time course and pc2 is also a full-time course right uh and then after that you're into level three (coughs) so to complete this you've got to do another you've got to have a total of Oh, total of 5,000 5, hours. So you've got 3,000 hours to make up from the first 2,000 you've got. Uh, and then you have to pass this, the uh, the test with 70%, I believe it is. And yes, that it once is. Once you get 70%, then you're qualified as a Red Seals chef. 
And there was a practical assessment in that. Which I did yesterday. Oh, yeah? How are you and feeling? And I passed. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. So that's sort of the, the rundown of the, the piece of the program. And now you're back into what, well, you're, we've been talking about all these hours, but how much time are you actually going to be spending? What are you going to be learning, right? Like that's the... Yes, yes. We need to talk about that. Yes. That. So in level one, I love this one. And it's one thing that, you know what? Some people need to be taught. But personal hygiene and organization. Oh, yes. You know? Yes, it's definitely... Uh, one of those things where w once you s uh, the teacher or the instructor uh, sees you, that's when it's, it's almost like a first impression. Mm -hmm. If you can have a clean and tidy um, and uh, work environment, then you're, you're going to be a good fit to almost any work. Um, oh, yeah. Workspace. And it's funny, it's little things like people with longer hair tying it up and, and you know, making sure people are, are, you know, coming into work clean, having a clean uniform. Uh, and then, yeah, just being able to organize your space and work in a, in a, a, a tight space. Uh, kitchens are tight. There's lots of dangerous items. So it's very important Definitely. to work on those, which works into the next thing of uh, workplace and food safety. Mm -hmm. So you're learning about food safe. You're learning about, uh, you know, correct WCB things of where, how to lift things, how to move things, how to not burn yourself. You've got to learn about the tools. Uh, and then there's a bit of it into, you know, trimming and portioning meats and learning how to work with proteins, you know, learning how to adjust recipes, uh, basic cooking and baking techniques, and then receiving orders. Yes. Which is nice. So at the end of this, you should be able to prepare your stocks, soups and sauces, uh, common vegetables and fruit, understand what they are, uh, basic potato, rice and pasta dishes, basic meat dishes, uh, salads, salad dressings and sandwiches, eggs and breakfast items, you know, basic pies and tarts, fruit desserts, you know, understand quick breads. Or and yeast breads, and then actually learn about coffee and tea. Yeah, they pretty much prepare you to be a short order cook, which is that that's what they refer to a yeah, lot in PC one, um, which is you're a short order cook, almost like a like a family style kind of restaurant, or you know, for some cases, uh, some fast food restaurants. Exactly, and that's actually how the program was designed. That at this point, if you want to, if this is as far as you want to go with it. You can step out and this will just help you secure employment, you know, as an entry level position at any restaurant. Yeah. Or just learn basic cooking. Exactly. I did have a classmate in PC1. He's 60 years old and he just wanted to learn how to how to do basic cooking just to cook for his parents. That's perfect. That very wholesome. Yeah. No, that's a and that's a great opportunity to do it. Like and yeah, so you don't have to take on the pressure of costing menus and staffing and yeah. and all those things or knowing all the extreme things. But it's a good basis of aroundness of what it takes to yeah. make, make it good food. It teaches you a lot of basic things that are probably underrated. Um, but it also kind of introduces you to the the field where you kind of want to ask yourself at the end where like, is it meant for you? <laughs> True <laughs> if enough. you, if you're having a trouble trying to make uh, a stock or trying to make a, a, a soup or a sauce, 
in PC one, do you think you should move on move to on the, to the yeah. next one? Because then it gets much more difficult as you move on. Yes, it is. Yes. So we're moving up into PC level two. Uh, so here you're learning a little bit about uh, allergies and special diets mm-hmm. is a little bit of the key there. Uh, and learning about volume cooking. So banquets and stuff like that. Because that is actually a bit of an art form is being able to calculate. You have 200 people coming in. How many potatoes am I going to need? Exactly. You yeah. don't just cook a hundred bags of potatoes just because yeah. it's not like going over to my parents for dinner my dad cooks because my dad's a cook at home and he makes you know there's four of us so he makes enough food for about 40 people <laughs> <laughs> you'll eat this for tomorrow yeah, well the next day like and next the next six day. weeks yeah, yeah. uh which is is great and it's fun and, and it's always great food but if you're a restaurant and you start making that kind of thing, you're going to put yourself out of business pretty quick. Especially if you're a restaurant owner. Oh, exactly. So, so seeing those like pretty much money going down the drain is unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so next up, we're talking about deboning meats, poultry, and seafood. Uh, and then we're starting to get into the basic uh, cost controls, menu planning, and inventory. Now those are pretty complex. So yeah, and then now you're at a point where when you're finished here, you should be able to uh, make soups and specialty soups as well as all this learn about the secondary sauces. Yes, it's getting a bit more in depth, not just basic cooking, but also like special stuff. Like, What's your favorite secondary sauce? It would be, I'd say Mornay, but... Mornay for for the bechamel sauce, definitely. Right? Just because yeah. you like cheese? Yeah, I like <laughs> cheese. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, and then we're, you're going to get into more specialty veggies. And so learning how to churn vegetables and uh, different vegetarian dishes. Uh, also, you're going to get more complex potato dishes. So maybe we'll start oh, yeah. learning how to make uh, pavé potatoes. Yeah, or pavé Stuffed potatoes, dachette potatoes. Yeah, exactly. And you'll learn a lot more French um, terms. Yes. The more and more you get into it, the more and more you become a Frenchman. Exactly. I was never, I never did well in French, so I always laugh that I'm in the cooking profession. Uh, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the other thing? Uh, specialty salads and dressings, hors d'oeuvres and appetizers, uh, and then preparing platters, because there is an art form to preparing platters. Yeah. Most people don't think about it, and it's you're, you've got to have balance on there, and even plating, right? Yes, For plating. Dishes, you know, uh, and then you get a little bit more into the pastries and cheesecakes. And then more specialty breads and stuff like that. A little bit more explanation into those things. So now it's third year. This is this is you now. This is me now. So you know all of this stuff. So specialty cooking methods. So now we're getting into more complex things. So we're talking about braising. We're talking about probably a little bit of sous vide. Yeah. You know, that's a new thing. Uh, proper grilling, you know. I, I love, I've always get excited about talking about sauteing and pan work just because you can talk about how a pan heats differently. Yeah. And <clears throat> I love, I love having, trying to teach people about what different pans and how they work differently. Exactly. S- uh, so those are, those are some of the things. And then maintaining a food safety systems. Do you know what your food safety system's called? Your HACCP? You got it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yes, that's it's the, still fresh in my brain. Still right fresh now. in your brain, uh, which is is sort of just going down and detailing how you properly receive foods, store foods, take care of foods, uh, prepare foods, serve foods, and uh, store foods again, and then reheat foods. Mm-hmm. So. And then the next thing is uh, we're learning a little bit more about food and labor costing. Yeah, food cost and labor cost is a major thing in PC3. Um, we have huge uh, assignments for that. And it was just a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing you don't realize when you get into the cooking because you're thinking, I'm going to make food and I'm going to prepare it. But once you get into level three, you start thinking about how much is it going to cost me to prepare this? How much is he plate going to be worth how do i calculate that how yes, do i do yield exactly. percentages how yeah, much do i charge the uh, customers exactly for them to pay because uh, now that you know that a lot of people don't probably know this where you know you'll you learn this come pc3 but you know every time you peel a carrot or every time you have a carrot let's say you have to serve a carrot to a customer um all those peels all those trimmings all those things that you take away from the carrot, you're turning the customer for it. Yes. And, you know, not a lot of people know this. And, yeah, it's uh, it, it really opened my eyes when I I realized and when we started doing a uh, costing and labor costs and all that. Because, like, everything is for a reason. Yeah, there's a, that's actually, that's a really good example. When you pull out a carrot and you, you take the peel off there and you think about, how much that weighs to the carrot and you clip the ends off there and then you cut it and trim it up to make whatever nice little presentation let's say you churn it and so all that waste put to the side you know that it has a cost because you paid that much for it originally yes but then when you're breaking it down and serving it it still costs you that much but you've lost half of it right so yeah <laughs> and you think about the amount of time that goes in there so exactly. yeah that's pretty pretty good one uh what was else we were talking about uh workplace skills oh buffet presentations and layout so that goes from making platters to actually now putting the platters yes yes and so m- and we're kind of transitioning into fine dining now for mm-hmm. pc3 when when it was um well from pc1 it was short order cook pc2 something like casual to mid fine dining mm-hmm. casual and, dining, and yeah. yeah casual dining and then now pc3 is all about fi- almost fine dining and and I, and I laugh when you brought up the fact about french uh I, when i was doing my third level um my my chef instructor would write all of the menus for the day in french so he that would be crazy. like oh wow write it in, and so then and it would be like so he'd be like this is what we're working this is the recipe we're going to work on today so yeah like corpion yeah and then he'd be like and then i want three starches and this but it'd be all in french so he'd have to write it down word for word go home get a dictionary decipher what he wants exactly because <laughs> there was no internet back in the day exactly nowadays if we're just google. we're wondering we just google we just you know yeah. Highlight it, copy paste, uh, search it on Google, yeah. and be like, "Oh, okay, it's this one." I remember doing consomme, and having oh. to come up with six different consomme garnishes, and having to pull out. I had to go to the library and borrow a Larue 
Gaston oh, Mig to yeah. flip through to find them because I they, I had no other resources. I yeah, exactly. Like, oh, so much reading. So the resources we have nowadays is it would really help you a lot. Oh, I know. Make it much easier. Which actually means now they could they probably teach you guys a lot more and challenge you a lot more with a few more things. So at the end of the level three, so here we go. So you're you've learned about specialty and ethnic sauces. Yeah. Uh, games and varieties of meats. So mm-hmm. you get into more than just chicken and beef, you know. Yeah. You really learn about... Rabbit. Rabbit and a lot of your other poultries. So, you know, duck and, you know... Cornish hen. Oh, Cornish hen. That was an excellent one. So you learn a bit about that. Uh, you also learn about um, classic meat, poultry, and seafood dishes. So going back to... Uh, I remember my test... Uh, what was lobster thermidor? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was just in my head. Um, that was one of the tests that was on one of the things on there. So the classic old, you know, what's a bouillabaisse? What's a, you know, those those traditional things. Uh, then you learn a lot about you pâtés, terrines, basic sausage making and curing and smoking. You learn about hot and specially plated desserts, special cakes and torts, frozen ice cream and sorbets. See. I knew how to make ice cream before I got into it. And then basic chocolate and sugar garnishes. Yeah. So it's a lot of the, the fine-tuning stuff. And at the end of that, if you get 70% on your test, you get your interprovincial red seal, which means you're done. No. There's still more to go. This, this, <laughs> is, this is a good job. Good for, job, uh, yes. But there's more. There's more. And this, is, this sort of gets you into a position that you can start looking into, you know, what... We're going to talk about this in another episode, but where you can work, right? Actually, that'll mm-hmm. be our next episode. So we're talking about restaurants, you know, casual and fine dining, you know, working in hotels, institution camps, and catering. So once you've got that, and once you've got your enterprise seal, you've kind of gone from the level of a cook that you can get into more of supervisory roles. Yes. And so you start taking on, you know, becoming a sous chef, a chef de partay, you know, just a team leader in the kitchen. Yeah. To move up to that position where you're going to be the chef. And now, after you've done chef, and you've been a chef for a while, there's still more to go. Yes. The, the road doesn't stop. The road doesn't stop. And it keeps actually going. And I think we're going to stop just with Canada. Okay, yeah. But you can get, you can get much further, further on, for sure. Uh, and so the, the big one right now is like, and this is one I've been looking at, and our chef, Ronald St. Pierre, has it. Uh, is the the certified chef de cuisine? Yes. Have you ever looked into this? Um, I have looked into it. Um, th- we have learned it from, I believe, starting even from PC one, and it's a yeah, it's a culinary chef de cuisine, and it's a I think something you do on your own i believe after yeah so basically what it is is it's sort of it's sort of certified and run through uh the canadian culinary federation or the ccfcc which uh i am too many c's (laughs) too many c's which is a is a is a national organization that sort of looks out for cooks and we've done a bunch of podcasts in this and we've had our our local president on many a time leslie staff to talk about talk about the industry right. and talk about uh the ccfcc uh so yeah basically it is overseas of all of canada and then canada is broken into regions so it's like the eastern western blah 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 and then each region has its own individual organization 
So we have the uh, CCFC Vancouver Island, North Vancouver Island, which we're both a member of. Or are you still in standing? <laughs> I'm still in standing. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, we haven't really done much just with, with COVID times. But for me, it's just an organization where we go out and we, we get to network. Uh, we get to learn about the food. But on more of a, a bigger thing, they do a lot of work for our industry and promote it within Canada. And so they've set up a couple programs that once you get to a certain level that you can start looking at and you can start getting into. And so the first level would be the, um, the chef de cuisine. So with that program, you've got to be a red seal and you've got to have had, I want to make sure I get this right, uh, at least five years in the industry. Yes. So it takes post, five. Post red seal. Post red seal. And two years of those in a supervisory capacity, i.e. being chef, sous chef, kitchen manager. Basically, they want to make sure that you've had experience running. Handling, uh, running the business. Exactly. Uh, You need a a valid uh, food handler certificate, which is a food safe. Uh, I believe it's actually they prefer a food safe level two. Yeah. Uh, And then you have to be a current, current membership with the, the Canadian Culinary Federation, which just makes sense when you're you're part of it. So it is it is a lot of work, and I have looked at doing it several times, and it scares me, just the the amount of work that have to go. I have a good friend who did go for it, uh, and and was a, a lot of, a lot of work, and it's and it's very expensive, and you have to travel to. Is it also just like? You know, is it, there's a practical and a written one, or pretty much that is that is the thing. So you got to you go in and you do. You, it's broken into basically all the food chambers of, you know, costing, menu planning. Uh, think about everything that was on your your Red Seal exam, and then multiplying it by ten, right? So oh wow! Those are the things you're looking at doing. So it is a challenge. Uh, it's actually I was didn't mention that it is hosted by the Canadian Culinary Institute, which is oversees certain colleges to make sure that they I they see. stay to this high standard. Uh, and it, it gives you, yeah. And so that is the, the beginning of it. Um, this is where it really takes you to the next level when you really want to take yourself seriously, I guess. Um, you know, w- once you graduate from re- uh, PC3 and become a Red Seal, you work for at least five years, and this is where you take your your profession into a, an, an even more um, kind of profound level where y- you you really take care of yourself and you really love the, your job and, you know, it's almost become part of your life. Yes, exactly. And then there is one more step here in Canada, and that is the Certified Master Chef which is falls along a lot of the same things, but it's just that much more work. <coughs> not master chef Canada, but not master chef <laughs> Canada. Let's talk about the C CMC, which is the next level. So it's, it's right again through the, the Canadian culinary Institute. The program was descended by master chefs and facilitators at the Canadian center of culinary arts and science at Humber College. Uh, I know it's newer to the uh, industry, but it is 
You need uh, to be a Red Seal. You need eight years post Red Seal experience with five years certified. You need a chef de cuisine designation. Uh, you need level two on your food safe. You will also need a letter saying why you think you deserve this. And you will get into all sorts of wonderful things like learning about kitchen knowledge, brining, smoking, trussing. There is so much information that you have to go through for this. So I recommend if you're interested in this, and this is your career path, that you go on to the um, CCI uh, website just to read up a little bit about this because it's really interesting how, how far you can go in this profession. Yeah. And maybe one day myself, maybe one day yourself. <laughs> well, thank you, Miguel, for coming in and chatting with me today. Oh, no problem. I'm, I'm, I, it was an honor. It's a privilege to uh, have me here talk about food and, and our, our experiences or share our experiences together. Yeah. And I think people who are interested in this, uh, it gives them a little bit of a path on, on a career path on maybe this is the way they want to go if they're yeah. interested in it or if they know someone who's interested in the cooking profession or just wondering what, when you go to a restaurant, you know, how much time and experience the people in that kitchen have put in to get to this point, yes. right? Like if you think about it, it's 5,000 hours just to, to get your your red seal yeah you, you don't know you don't really know how much five thousand hours is not just five thousand hours of just standing around it's five thousand hours of you actually putting in the work yes to get to that level yes There's, that's a lot of peeled carrots that's a lot of chopped uh chopped onions you know that's a lot of work in Vancouver. uh and so you're getting very close now yes so how many? How far are you till you? Uh, I have uh, um, next week. I have my uh, written exam, so I just need to get that. Get that seventy percent. Yeah, get that seventy percent, and and then we zoom. make sure your hours are there. Yes, I, I've already passed five thousand. So you've got your five thousand hours yeah. in there. Excellent. I was like, oh, I gotta do some paperwork tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just need. I I probably could get it updated, but. Yeah, yeah. No, this is excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming in thank to talk you. to me. Thank you very much. Uh, and if you're interested, you can come in and check out Miguel. He's at Locals. Working like a madman. <laughs> come say hi. <laughs> He's always in the back. And um, yeah, thanks for uh, listening to another episode of the Edible Valley Podcast. And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips, behind the scenes, and of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. <laughs> and this has been Yeah, beep, 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 beep. Okay, ready again?